Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. Sports Guy JP, how are you uh, after a Steelers win, an improbable win? Surprised to say the very least. I uh, was fortunate enough to go to the game expecting to see Brady break the single game touchdown record, but <laughs> I'm still surprised that you know the Steelers poured it out. I, especially with the uh, injuries in the defensive backfield, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, you have Cam Sutton, you have Witherspoon, you have who else? Uh, was it Levi Wallace? Uh, yeah, Levi Wallace was out as well. Yeah. And you know, all all week I thought that would be um, something to keep an eye on. I thought that Brady would shred the Steelers one hundred percent. And then, like seconds before the game, I was thinking maybe just the unknown is better than the known at this point and as far as the secondary goes oh yeah really yeah kind of throw out um it's 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 not work or not that it's not working but it it's not like there's a lockdown shutdown cornerback on that team and it's not like they're really playing for a super bowl i don't think i know people are all like oh they beat the buccaneers yeah they're probably gonna get their butts kicked by uh, the eagles by probably even the dolphins next week yeah, absolutely. I don't see uh, Pittsburgh's playoff team this year, especially in competitive division. Uh, I think you know every other team is going to clean it up down the road. They have the offensive talent to do so. I just don't see that in Pittsburgh. You know, right. Cleveland's going to get Deshaun Watson back, and uh, I think Lamar Jackson's playing very well too. I'm just of the mindset that if the Steelers aren't in it to like be a serious contender then you're better off just, you know, playing, playing like the guys you were just saying, the depth cornerback, see if somebody can come out and make a play. Maybe somebody's a gamer. They come out on Sunday and do something that you don't see in practice. But I don't think that their eye should be towards winning versus development. I think since I don't believe that they are a playoff contender, uh, I don't want to see them lose, but I I wouldn't hate seeing a better draft pick. I, I just don't think that they are a quality enough team to be a playoff team, let alone a Super Bowl team. So why not get the best in return for your draft pick? Yeah, that makes sense. But I think so much of it is just that mental mindset. And, I mean, everyone criticized Stephen Ross for tanking. So in order to remain consistent, I think tanking is really something that's not good for the sport. I don't think that – I feel like these guys are too competitive to actually tank. And I'm, I'm not necessarily in favor of necessarily tanking. But uh, I understand, knowing what we know about the Steelers, it would be best to get the earliest draft pick possible and develop. You know, I, who you have, which is why I think Pickett is the right guy to continue yeah. to stick with. I'm by no means saying that they should like throw in the towel and not win games. Like They should go out and win games. I'm saying from a fan's perspective, since I don't believe they're a Super Bowl team, I, I don't care if they lose. Uh, okay. But 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 from a general manager or a team standpoint, I, I see them wanting to win. I just, as a fan, don't think they're going to do it. So I I don't care if they lose right now. 
as long as I see development in some young players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm in agreement with just seeing what these guys can do because they're definitely not a playoff contender whatsoever. Um, it's definitely too early to tell. Like they could still win the division, it's just highly unlikely, especially with the way everything's transitioned so far this year. Although with some of these teams in the division, what's up with Baltimore? They're dropping the ball to uh, uh, the Giants. Was yeah. that? Yeah, that was. I I saw the game with like. I, I think I, I saw it with maybe like six minutes left, and the Ravens had a pretty good lead. And I was like, that would be awesome if the Giants could come back to win. And then I saw the, the scores at the uh, at the end of the, the 4 o'clock games and was surprised to see that the Giants pulled it out. Yeah, I was like checking fantasy scores while at the game, and I saw Baltimore was up by 10 in the fourth quarter, but the Giants pulled it out, and uh, – Giants, I think, are, you know, they've been well coached this year. And, you know, they're, they're playing harder than their talent is. And, I mean, I think it's their first 5-1 and one start in, in years, decades even. And uh, it's actually, the, they're now 3-1 and one this year alone in games where they throw by double digits. Yeah, I, I thought the Giants were going to suck going into this year. I just didn't think they were that good. I didn't think uh... – Danny Dimes was anything special. I think uh, their coach, who's it, Brian Drable? Yeah, from uh, Buffalo. I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. They've been written off since, you know, I think week one. No one saw this as a playoff contender. And now they're, you know, they're competing for the division. And that's Daniel Jones on a bum ankle as well. They're just doing what they do well, and that's relying on Saquon Barkley, who's, you know, for the first time in a couple of years has stayed healthy. And that shows you what you can do with uh, with a potent running game. Hopefully Pittsburgh can get back to that. Uh, there was news that, uh, geez, I must have said on Bell. Najee Harris uh, had a metal plate in his shoe. He was playing with a metal plate in his shoe, and he got that removed. And uh, he seemed to be, you know, a little bit better in this last game than, than previous. Yeah, I think that you could tell from the first couple weeks he did have an injury in the preseason. You could see that he was... Um, nursing it throughout the first few games of the season. Um, I, I think a lot of it is the offensive line has not uh, provided the best protection, but you could see even when that was the case last year, you saw more of a burst in his game. I think you saw a little bit more of that this week, but he only averaged three yards a carry and totaled 42, um, but he did, he looked more explosive. But I, I, I'm, you know, waiting to see him, you know, get back to 100% and hopefully – he can get back to the Najee Harris of his rookie season. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's start talking about some of the game. Pittsburgh, uh, Tampa Bay Steelers winning what twenty to eighteen. Um, one of the things that I was excited to see is that Chase Claypool appeared to actually be playing in this game. Yeah, he he had a total of seventy nine receiving yards heading into this game after claiming to be a top three receiver in the league this offseason. Yeah. That, so yeah, it it was um, uh, you know, not up to his expectations, but I think he was um the player of the game this week. Um, absolutely, he made crucial third down catches to extend drives late. He actually um converted on third and sixteen, and third and eleven on the same um drive, which was actually the closing drive. And the adjustment he made on the third and eleven ball was just incredible. Yeah, he he looked great, especially on that last drive. And that last drive uh, was great. I didn't see it coming. I saw 
the Steelers going down scoring, or uh, Brady going down scoring, and the Steelers getting the ball back with, what, four-plus minutes left, I was thinking there's no way they go down and score or run the clock out. And that's exactly what they did. They they did a great job moving on the field and, and bleeding the clock. Yeah, coming off that missed snap to dr- driving um, your team back, especially with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, I thought, you know, Tampa was going to recover that ball and, you know, Brady was going to seal it. But um, after, you know, the Steelers recovered the ball, I was impressed that they were able to, you know, convert on a third and 16. I haven't seen them move the ball or take shots like that all season. And um, I, I, the, the main, main thing I wanted to point out, too, was I felt that Mitch Trubisky played way more aggressive. He was playing to win his job rather than maintain it. Absolutely. I was going to say, I thought that was the best Mitch Trubisky looked all year. And I feel like in, in years past where you see that snap go behind the Steelers or whatever against Brady, I feel like uh, the, the, you lose their composure a lot. And I didn't feel like Mitch Trubisky like, lost composure. Not that I was like, Mitch is going to do it. But like he he surprised me that he hit made some really clutch throws and some really clutch plays. Yeah, he finished nine to twelve for one hundred and forty four and a touchdown. I mean, you can't get much better than that. Not to mention, um, I think it was three or four um, third down conversions he made on the final drive, and he had a, a nice run on it too. He he, uh, him and Chase Claypool, you know, really sealed the deal on that final drive, and it was something that I haven't seen out of their offense all season. I agree, uh, JP. Anything else you, you take away from that game? Is Claypool now leading the team in uh, touchdown receptions with one? Uh, yeah, well, hmm. among receivers, he's yes. yeah <laughs> one. Um, Friar Muth as oh, no wait, I'm sorry, doesn't Najee Harris is now leading the team in touchdown receptions? Oh, is it now? Yeah, yeah, he was wide open for the first touchdown. Oh, uh, that's right. That was that's that was good. a nice play because he was wide open. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the media I've noticed is covering this game not as a good win for the Steelers' standpoint as much as a um, cluster for Tampa Bay. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It looked like Brady, in my opinion, rushed a lot of his throws. He fit one tight ball in beautifully to Chris Godwin um, down the seam, but outside of that, it looked like. Um, you saw him yelling at his offensive line. He was pressured often, hit fairly enough, and, I mean, it caused him to see ghosts out there, so to speak. And I think um, when you're holding them in the red zone to field goals rather than touchdowns, that was really what made the difference. The, um, you know, picket touchdown and then the late touchdown to Claypool is what the difference maker was. Yeah, it was nice seeing a win uh, from the Steelers, especially an unexpected win after uh, uh not not looking so good going into that game. What were they? They ended up being, what, a nine-point spread going into that? I, I think it was up to ten. Oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I was about to place the bet before for uh, for Tampa Bay to cover that, too. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to point out, especially, was Kenny Pickett finished the day with 67 yards, but 48 of those were on the opening drive of the one. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see them take more chances with Trubisky downfield. Yeah, I, I feel like that was the first time we've seen Mitch Trubisky throw the ball downfield. Like, it, not the the three yard out jet sweeps nonstop, not hitting the middle of the field. He, I feel like he did have one in the roughly in the middle. It was between the hashes. It was a pretty nice catch. Was it Claypool's first first down on third down? If that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, I, it's just nice seeing. Uh, 
And and I feel like even with Pickett, like they've they've been playing too conservative, like they've been afraid of who their quarterback is and relying on everything else. And I just don't feel like that's the way you can play and win games. Right. Now, one thing that was so um, strange about this game, the team stats on paper, everything was right down the middle. Um, Tampa Bay actually beat the Steelers in first downs, and uh, but everything else, like they ran only seven plays apart. Um, Tampa Bay finished with two more seconds in time of possession. Oh wow, um, that's yeah. strangely <laughs> accurate or uh, strangely fair. Or I can't think of the <laughs> word fifty-fifty. Yeah, both teams two sacks, six penalties, five punts. Um, both 100% on fourth down. Um, you know, so when you look at it, right down to a T, everything played out, you know, evenly. And I think the Steelers played a little bit better than they expected, but Tampa Bay played substantially worse than expected, considering how explosive their offense is and how um, devastating their defense can be. Yeah. Do you think Tampa Bay's storyline going back to Tampa Bay is they played down to their opponent? I think in many ways they did. And, uh, I mean, you saw Tom Brady was at Robert Kraft's wedding um, Saturday night. I, I heard, like, many ex- or many former players say that Saturday walkthrough is not so much of a big deal to miss. But it still shows Brady is not um, as committed as he was, it seems like to me. It just seems like there's too many stories going on for there not to be some sort of drama going on in Tampa Bay. I don't know if other players think Brady's getting special treatments or Brady's just mentally checked out, doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, but I, I don't know. It seems like for a guy that he never wants the news on him, there's too many stories that have broken out. And I, I know everybody is like, oh, it's an equal thing, but sometimes the teams aren't always equal, and I feel like if there's going to be a player on the locker room that gets special treatment, who should get it more than Tom Brady? Yeah, and I, I think he, he's, he's like, he wants to do well, obviously, but I don't know. It just seemed like He's retired, and just seems like this year's a little strange. And he he's just not as mentally locked in as normal. Yeah, and I understand he's going through some things in his personal life, but yeah, it just it seems like a different side of Tom Brady that we haven't seen before. Um, but they, they played in very easy division, and um, yeah, I, I think they, they're still a playoff team going forward. Yeah, do you see uh, what's his name? Robbie Anderson just got traded to the Cardinals from the Panthers. Yeah, so he got into a fight with uh, his receivers coach, and I guess they traded him right away. Do we know what the fight was about? No, I haven't really looked uh, too much into it. Uh, Panthers are kind of, yeah, let's just say, not a top thirty team. I'm really looking into. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, <laughs> they they seem to be just a pretty trash. They might have the first pick. Yeah, they're they're in a total rebuild. Um, look for guys like DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey to possibly be on the move. Um, J.C. Horn, though, is a phenomenal lockdown young corner, and uh, I think he's someone that, that they'll definitely invest heavily in. But outside of that, there's just not much not much going there. Do you see Christian McCaffrey actually being moved? Uh, yeah, I, I, I could see him being moved. I could see an aggressive team like Buffalo or Kansas City and Fran making a move potentially. I think, um, you know, just due to – the injury history and his cap hit, and for for Carolina's sake, if you can get a first round pick out of it, I I could see them making a move. Uh, I could see them making a move. I don't know that a team's going to give up a first round pick for an injury prone running back right now. 
Yeah, but if you, but what if it was Buffalo? You know, like or a team like that who could just yeah. be so more explosive. Yeah, they they just need that one you know, more I mean, piece. Miller won a Super Bowl. Yeah, so I, I mean, you could you could see people moving. Uh, there are even talks of Chase Claypool going at Green Bay. Yeah, and he's coming off a great game, but like I said in the past, I would consider moving Chase as well. Um, I think he's going to be seeking more money than he's worth, and I feel like he has the ability to be a better player in a different system as well. I think the value he would bring to another team could fetch the Steelers maybe a second-round pick. Yeah, I could see that. I could see him going to Green Bay working out for both teams. Yeah, absolutely. I think that he would immediately be a starter and someone for Aaron Rodgers to um, trust. I, I I think he would immediately be like one of the most talented players on Green Bay as far as a receiver. Yeah, and they need that explosiveness over the top. They're definitely missing um, any sort of you know any sort of weapons outside since Devontae Adams left. I think Chase Claypool would. He's not nearly as great as a route runner but he would give them you know a deep threat someone else who's not a rookie someone who's a veteran that's been around for a while and someone that Aaron Rodgers could trust in the past game and from the Steelers end I don't think he's really worth paying and uh they gave Deontay Johnson an extension and he's better than Chase Claypool and I think George Pickens is given the opportunity could be better than Chase Claypool as well so I agree it works out on both ends I'd rather have George Pickens right now I know he's young and raw but I'd like he's just he goes after it he goes and, and gets the ball uh like not he's not the one one of the guys who like waits for it to come to him he goes up high points it and I like him in the run game a little bit not that he's like a Heinz Ward type but he likes to mix it up with some of these DBs in the run game yeah, and he's also great along the sideline. He's always getting his feet in bounds, it seems, him and Deontay Johnson. So I, I like that um, he, he's a different type of receiver than Deontay Johnson. So you get the, the quick one who can stretch the field and also that big body who's capable of going across the middle and down the field. So I think they complement each other very well. Is Chase Claypool in his last year of his contract? Um, I, I think he is since he was a second round pick or there's one more following this year. Okay. Maybe he's playing for an option or something. I'm just trying to figure out how, how valuable that would be in the trade market. If he's going to just be like a rental player for a team or if there's actually, you know, a year or two on his contract. Right. It would have to be a team with a salary cap to make a trade and sign him to a longer term deal. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's uh preview the Steelers at Dolphins, right? Yeah. Or, or is that in Pittsburgh Sunday night this week? Yeah. So uh, what what are we expecting? I mean, is Tua playing? So um, it seems like all signs are pointing to the Dolphins preparing to start Tua at quarterback. Um, I guess he's cleared concussion protocols. They said if. Or no, I'm sorry. I also have Kenny Pickett, who's also going through a concussion. Mm. Um, yeah, Tomlin said that if he passes, he'll play. But it looks like all signs are pointing to Tua coming back. Have you heard any words on on Pickett? We just have to wait for uh, tests to come back. I, I think they're still waiting. He's in protocol, and uh, Tomlin said if he passes, he'll start because he wants to get like more continuity and you know develop Pickett, which I, I agree with. Despite the the game Trubisky had last week. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I was saying. I feel like it's more important to get 
rapport with your receivers and just get more of that NFL experience. The one downfall is uh, I don't want him to get too used to uh, an offense where I hope the offensive coordinator is gone at the end of the year. Yeah, again, yeah, Matt Canada, the play calling just seems to not be what's best. He did run, and you can hear it from the crowd. They're, like, calling out jet sweeps, and then they're actually running them, and it's (laughs) so frustrating. I think he actually called two on the same drive, if I'm not mistaken, or it was at least on back-to-back drives. Um, And plus, like, everything's a button hook. Everything's um, underneath the corners and safeties. They're taking wide receivers and trying to get them on the edge, and it's, it's just not you know, working in today's NFL capacity. You know what? This is a strange comparison. Not everyone will get it. But the Steelers' offense under Matt Canada is almost like if you were playing NFL Street and the other team had a game breaker. Like, you just want to <laughs> throw quick outs out of bounds like and just and just do the, the least you can do to mess the, the, the game up. <laughs> it, it's like the most yeah conservative offense you could find anywhere. Yeah, we're not going to throw it over the middle. We're not going to have any opportunity for anybody to pop the rock, anything like that. Uh, go, going into the game at Miami, uh, do we know the spread? Uh, what are your thoughts, and what are your thoughts on the Dolphins in general? The, Stol- or the Dolphins with Tua has been explosive. They were 3-0 and and look like the best team in football um, with who I think is the best receiving um core in the NFL and at least in the one, two punch sense um, in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I like Gusecki, the tight end a lot. Um, and I think Tua takes a, a lot of heat. Everyone is seeing if he's the guy because he does play conservative football too, but it seems like you get, they just have more explosive playmakers in a sense that it works. Like it works to give Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle um you know, a, a jet sweep or get them out on the edge. Um, you know, you, you, you can get out of bounds against a game breaker defense. If you have guys with that speed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel yeah, like Chase um, Claypool. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, like you were saying with the jet sweeps, I don't, I don't understand doing, it used to be like a, a like a, a once in a, once in a blue moon kind of, like, Oh, let's do a reverse with the wide receiver. That wasn't like the base of the running game, not in the NFL, at least. And I feel like you, like you would do that with maybe D'Angelo Hall or like you see it now if we had, say, Debo Samuel on the team or Cordero Patterson. Like I could see that kind of thing. But Chase Claypool, I, I don't, he seems like the, the, the least likely guy to, to run the ball like that. Have Tyreek Hill, have someone with blowing away speed. Um, like when Dre Archer was on the team, okay, I could kind of see you trying to do that. I mean, he was garbage, but like it just seems like the wrong body type. Just have him on the outside or work in the middle in the slot. Uh, I just don't like that. the The whole jet sweep it just doesn't seem like yeah, a, to me, a base. Is the guy that stretches the field rather than you know you go ground and pound with. I know that they're trying to use the speed to get to the edge, but I feel like more times than not, it's proven to be inefficient. It's always, let's get to the edge there. It's always, let's get to the outside in the passing game and the running game. There's nothing up front. There's no, let's run up the middle or let's pass up the middle. You don't even see, like, hooks to the tight end seven yards in the middle. Yeah, kind of like the way Heath Miller used to. Yeah. And they would just, you know, um, work their way up the field. Yeah, um, it just seems like, I don't know, it seems like they just don't have any idea. They want to be a team that runs the ball, but they can't run the ball. 
should resort to short throws because they can't pass protect. Or maybe they're not capable of throwing the ball across the field or, you know, deep down. Um, I don't know. It seems like they need to find an identity and see if they, if Kenny Peckett can match that identity. What What are your expects, uh, expectations with Miami? Do you, do you see a win for the Steelers? Uh, no, at the moment, I don't. I like Miami because they're at home. It's a seven-point spread, so I do like Pittsburgh with the points, but I think Miami could uh, win this with a field goal or something. I think they're a little bit more explosive, and the Steelers have the injury bug, I think, more so seriously. Um, if they have to go back to Mitch Trubisky, again, it's another week with another guy who's leading the charge, preparing. I just think that Miami is a little bit more explosive and plays more consistently on defense. Um, but then again, I could also see Brian, Brian Flores getting the Steelers uh, ready for this game because I know, you know, the competitive guy he is, he's going to want to beat Miami, but I, I don't see it happening. I'm taking Miami money line, but the Steelers with the points. Do you know any word on Minka Fitzpatrick or any of the other defensive backs coming back this week? Um, No, no update at the moment. All right. Well, hopefully, yeah, so. hopefully we see something like that. But um, we'll see. I guess we'll see which quarterbacks play and who shows up. That seems to be the uh, one of the biggest things is who can be healthy in the NFL. Uh, JP, you want to make your picks? Sure. Let's let's go for it. All right. Number one. I took them earlier in the year, I believe. So I'm going to double down. Um, I like the Titans this week against the Colts at minus two and a half. Um, Tennessee is at home coming off a bye week, so they'll have extra time to prepare for Indianapolis. And as a matter of fact, they're 4-0 in their last four games versus Indy, with Derrick Henry rushing for over 100 yards in three of those. Um, Colts have zero first-quarter touchdowns all year, while Tennessee has an opening drive touchdown in four out of five games. They're better when they can uh, stick to their game script, and I think Tennessee comes out and gets a W by at least a field goal in this one. I feel like I haven't heard anything about Tennessee this year. They were like a, a juggernaut, you know, last year with Derrick Henry till he got hurt. Um, I feel like I haven't heard anything about Tennessee. Yeah, they're a little bit under the radar. It took a couple of weeks for Derrick Henry to heat up, but the Colts, on the other hand, have just looked, um, you know, worse. I actually think they should have kept Carson Wentz for another year instead of moving into Matt Ryan. He looks very uncomfortable with their offense. He's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think that's going to be an issue, especially for a team that may not have Jonathan Taylor. And if they do, it's coming off an injury out of Tennessee. All right. Number two. I'm going to uh, ride the Giants' uh, hype train, and I think they're getting disrespected this week. They're plus three against Jacksonville. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jacksonville's home, and I guess they're just not buying into the hype at the moment. Um, but I think that under Brian uh, uh, Dable, they play much better aggressively and situationally. Um, they're actually fourth in the NFL in third down percentage over the last three games. And they're 3-1 and one where they've turned by double digits, like I said earlier. Yeah. And, uh... Oh, no, I was, I was saying, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And um, another thing, Jacksonville actually has lost 18 straight games to NFC teams, which is unique. Huh. And they're... Um, yeah, and in that time, they're 2-16 and 16 against the spread as well. 
Well, I mean, I would also say Jacksonville sucked pre- pretty good. I don't, <laughs> I don't think their their record against the AFC was probably too too much better, especially under Coach Urban Meyer. <laughs> Hall Hall of Famer Urban Meyer. Um, uh, yeah. Urban Meyer should be the coach for the team with like Johnny Manziel and and just like guys like that. Guys who just were awful. <laughs> like to just the worst human beings like not awful at football just awful at life <laughs> guys who just like made it and then just stopped caring yeah <laughs> all right uh did we do number two or are we on number two that that is number two i feel like uh, the giants are getting disrespected they're playing jacksonville jacksonville has looked better this year in comparison to the past few but G- G- giants have looked great they're leaning into saquon barkley and uh they're getting points so I like them because if Jacksonville does win, I don't like them to win by more than three. Uh, yeah, this sounded like a game going into the season that I couldn't care less about. Um, <laughs> I, I, Surprisingly, I, I, didn't move to Thursday yet. Yeah. What's with <laughs> Thursday night football? They like just get like whatever the toilet game of the week is. And not only that, there have been like more like scary freaking concussions than good football games. Yeah, like Naheem Hines, and of course the thing that happened with Tua. It's like more scary than entertaining. Yeah, uh, Thursday night football is just trash. Every time I hear that the, that the Steelers are playing on Thursday night football, it's always awful. And just like there's never like a rivalry kind of game. It's always like here's the Dolphins versus the Saints. No, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like they have Al Michaels, who's maybe the best like. Uh, play-by-play guy of the past decade, and then um, I, I love Kurt Herbstreit, who's great for college, maybe like the best commentator they've had in a decade as well, and they can't even make it entertaining. It's just, it's awful football. I agree. I, I like them both as as announcers. Um, oh, who, who said it? I can't remember who said it. If it was a tweet, or if it was on a show, or if it was even on local radio. But they were saying how the other night Kirk Herbstreit was the best quarterback in the arena. <laughs> I didn't hear that. that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. That, that's great. Uh, yeah, it's just such garbage football. But we we won't. Who plays? Who plays Thursday this week? Do you know? Um, there's, it's um, it's it's another dumb one. I think it was. Uh, I think the Saints are playing Saints. <laughs> Saints and it, it can't be like a divisional team. I'll look it up while you do number three. How about that? Okay. Number three. Well, it's not the Saints, but um, we're gonna take the Jets this week. Um, Jets plus three against Denver. Um, Jets have been slightly more impressive than expected, though that bar was never set high. But the bar was set very high for Denver, and they've done nothing but fail to reach it. Um. Okay, so at the moment, um, I think these teams are very much alike. We're seeing below-average quarterback play, average at best protection from the offensive line, pretty good weapons at wide receiver, a, a, a pretty good pass rush, and a great, great young shutdown corner. Um, so I think that their identities are pretty much the same, but the Jets, to me, seem hungrier than Denver. Denver seems lost. Um Jets are actually 3-0 since Zach Wilson returned, scoring at least 24 points in each of those games. Mm-hmm. And Denver has only scored over 16 points once all year, and that was against the Raiders, who have done horrible in pass coverage. 
And, uh, I mean, De- Denver is also last in total touchdowns with seven on the year. Garrett Bowles is out at left tackle. And uh, they're the most penalized team in the NFL. I think the Jets are going to steal one here and pull off an upset. All right. I, 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 I'm, I'm, here's the Thursday night football thing right now. I'm looking at it. Okay, so we just had Commanders-Bears, which what a, what a wonderful matchup that is. Um, I You won't be disappointed based on what we just said. Um, it is a worse matchup than Dolphins-Saints. Uh, it's Saints versus Cardinals. So we have two, two and four teams right now. Although, was uh, Robbie Anderson playing for the Cardinals? You think he's playing this Thursday? Oh, he's just just traded. I, I have no idea. And by the way, the Cardinals have some speedsters now in Hollywood Brown. Uh, DeAndre Hawkins will be back and he's a little older. But they got Robbie Anderson, too. You know, they, that's a lot of speed. And then the following weeks, we have Ravens, Buccaneers. They're all just like They're non-divisional sure. games and stuff. We have Eagles and Texans. Then we have Falcons and Panthers, which is a divisional game. However, a garbage divisional game. I'd rather be watching like a Big Ten game. <laughs> then we have uh, then we have Titans at Packers, and then maybe they probably skip a week because they don't have one here. It must be Thanksgiving. And then we have Bills at Patriots. That one doesn't suck too bad. We'll see how the I'm Patriots surprised they are. didn't clean the Lions for Thanksgiving immediately yeah. based from the schedule. Uh, well, it looks like they they just maybe they don't do Thursday night football because isn't that strictly on Prime now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's right. So they probably, yeah, they probably do national games still. That's uh, what I was assuming too. Then week fourteen, December eighth, we have Raiders at Rams. I don't know that the Raiders will be too relevant then. Forty um, Nine ers at Seahawks. I guess we're going all uh, over there. Yeah, Jaguars, Jets, Cowboys at Titans. So yeah, none of the games really are like oh a must see game kind of thing. Yeah, and they have an 11-year contract for the NFL for these games, and NFL can get out of it, I heard, after seven. They better put some better games on this because, like, people are, are paying for it, and these games are so boring. Also, I don't like, I don't like the way they're shot. It's almost like, you know how, like, Fox and CBS games look different? It's like... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Amazon does have some... Plus, like, during commercials, it's like you can't just, like, click around. It's It's terrible. Yeah, it's uh, I, I I don't like it. Or just make it a way better product. Like have some of these drones and 4K cams and like your Amazon, you, you don't need to worry about money for anything. Right, I, I agree. The product needs to look better. And there's not a better product to push than the NFL. Like that will never go out of style. Right, and that's what people want. It's a billion dollar company and another billion dollar company working with it. Like the product. Like, like, come on! Like, why are we getting Commanders Bears? Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't get it at all. Let's, uh, let's move along to uh, the next one. Number four. Before I get to number four, I'm just gonna say that the games Amazon are also bringing. The, it's like what we used to give, like the London, like games when that <laughs> yeah. first started <laughs> When they're in Munich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like NFL Europe's more entertaining. They'd always have, like, the one guy from Germany that was, like, the long snapper on the Raiders. And then they'd go there and try to make, like, a strong connection when no one cares anyway. 
Oh, that's good stuff. All right. Um, number number four for me. Um, this was one I just threw together. I'm not necessarily the most confident in this one, but we had to get to five picks, so we're we're rolling with it. <laughs> I'm gonna take the Chargers this week. They I, they're tough to bet on. They seem to underperform against the spread, but I like the matchup. They're playing Seattle, and uh, Chargers are at home. And I like them to win by at least a touchdown. Seahawks have allowed at least 27 points in four out of six games. And those quarterbacks are Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton, and Jared Goff. So I like uh, Justin Herbert's chances to Rushmore. put some points up. Um, Seahawks are one and two on the road this year, allowing about 36 points per game on the road. So look for the Chargers to not only be able to put out points for their young quarterback, but I think that also Seattle is going to um, struggle covering these guys. Um, they also have surrendered the most rushing yards in the NFL this season. So I think that, you know, whether it's grounded pound with Eckler and uh, Joshua Palmer and all these young guys, or if it's going over the top to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen's still nursing an injury, he may be back. I, I just think it, it's a tough matchup for Seattle. And um, they actually allow 6.2 yards per play, which is um, 30th in the NFL. <laughs> That's not very um, good. If, if you're allowing half the way to a first down every play or more than right, that. Right. Like... <laughs> and like I said, that's playing Marcus Mariota and Andy Dalton. Like, what's, you know, I think Chargers are a little bit more explosive than these teams. And Herbert's actually been sacked the least in the NFL. Seattle doesn't have much of a pass rush. And they're the second most penalized team. I think with all that going in uh, the Chargers' favor, I like them to take this by touchdown, at least. All right, then. Sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy or JP, is there anything else you'd like to add before we uh, wrap this show up? Uh, how about pick number five? Oh, <laughs> good call. Number three. That's the wrong one. Number five. There we go. All right. <laughs> um, and speaking of not meant to be uh, – Patriots and Bears. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the Patriots this week, minus seven and a half. That is a substantial spread, and for a team that may be rolling out Bailey Zappi, who is 2-0, but I, I, I just think Chicago is such a mess right now. The Bears have allowed more sacks than anyone in the NFL. Nine total touchdowns, and just I, they have no unit on their team that's good. I'm <laughs> just being honest. Uh, they don't have weapons to develop Justin Fields, no offensive line to protect him. And um, he has one game all year without a turnover. Um, and they're playing a Patriots defense who are tied for third in takeaways, um, top 10 in sacks, and have a pressure rate that ranks in the top 10. Uh, Bears are actually dead last in pressure pressure rate. And uh, Jack Jones is, is a phenomenal young corner in New England. Um, He's actually the highest graded by PFF at the moment. And uh, Patriots are fourth in time of possession alone. Bears are 30th. Patriots are going to milk the clock, play defense, smother Justin Fields. And I like them to win by uh, at least 10 this week, I'm going to say. Wow, 10. I mean, that's not a small number. Yeah, I, I like Belichick and what he's doing here. I think that he's going to smother this offense. All right. Well, that was all five now, correct? Yes, all five. There <laughs> we go. You heard it. When when you said you needed to get to five, so you you added that one. I I don't know why I thought that meant you were on your last one. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, we got them all in there now. Better better late than never, I suppose. <laughs> JP. I'll take the, I'll take the Galaxy plus three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, how many were there? Six NFL Europe teams? Yeah, I don't even remember. There Can you like remember any more? There was like a fire or the flames or something. Yeah, I think that was the German team. Yeah, there's a Sea Devils team that was like a new team, like how the Texans expanded. I think they had an expansion team, and then like they just did. They have like that. I can't remember. They they just look like fake teams. Uh, you said the Galaxy. They were like purple and orange and white, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they look like NFL street logos, but if it wasn't like graffiti, if it was like done in a more like I guess like professional manner. Yeah, they look like AFL teams, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Or the USFL or whatever it is now. Were they talking about bringing the XFL back? Is that even a thing? Or did they? And I just didn't realize it. Did, did they brought one of the leagues back? Was it the XFL or they AFL had or, they had the USFL? USFL. Yeah, I thought they were supposed to bring the XFL back, but didn't like because of the pandemic they didn't do it or something. Oh, uh, maybe I don't know. I remember talking about it, but I don't remember it ever working. So whatever. I guess we'll. Uh, We'll have to stay tuned for uh, XFL updates, USFL and <laughs> NFL Europe. Yeah, maybe JTO Sullivan will come out of retirement. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't wait for him to dust off the old boots. Um, that doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap this up. JP, thank you as always for uh, taking the time to join us. Join me, I guess. Um, Listen to the regular Poor Man's Podcast every Monday. You can watch it and li- streamed live on Facebook and YouTube. You can listen to it, obviously, if you're listening to this one. You can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, um, all the other ones, iHeartRadio, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Listen to us on that. Subscribe. Tell your friends all about it. Um, who do we have next week? We have Michelle, Pittsburgh Foodie Girl. And I didn't ask anybody else to be on because I wanted to talk to her, but maybe we'll throw somebody else on. Maybe I'll ask somebody at the last minute. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. JP, thank you as always for uh, taking the time. Always. Thank you very much. And for Sports Guy JP, I'm Chris. And I'm on the wrong page, and I'm waiting to hit the right button. So thank you. Thomas <laughs> says, "I'm so happy, yeah, that I was allowed to be part of your day." Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. You like that? You like that? You play to win the game. Straight cash, homie. Great cash, homie.